0: Welcome to the Knights Templar Fleet Podcast, Numero 4. That would be number four. Is that right? Yeah. I'm not that good in Spanish, so uh, I'm pretty sure that's four, right? All I know is en la biblioteca" and "Uno mas sabesas por favor," or in case of emergencies, "Uno, bente dos mas sabesas por favor," just in case. Anyhow. I am coming to you a little tardy this time around. Um, yesterday, I had some technical issues uh, with my podcast. It basically came out sounding like a drunk helicopter was killing me, and it wasn't really going to be the best. Uh, I know right now we don't really have a production budget or uh, you know anything to brag about with this podcast, but I would like it to not hurt people's ears. You know, I don't want people listening and then to get cancer in the eardrum. Uh, a couple years later. You know, I don't want that kind of lawsuit, and you don't want that kind of thing in your ear. So, again, I'm coming a little tardy. I hope uh, you guys were able to deal without hearing me and uh, my rantings. But um, today, we have a good show for you. Uh, Today's topics are basically, uh, with this episode, we're going to see the... Christina Aguilera, dirty. It's not just dirty. It's a couple extra R's because it's Christina Aguilera. It's the dirty side of uh, Fleet Play uh, about what happened to the forum. Uh, basically, we're going to go over the statement that Hagen went over, and we're going to uh, you know put our uh, Fleet views with it and uh, the overall feelings on uh, what's going on with that. So next up, we're going to talk about five mystery episodes of the Next Gen. Uh, series ...and how STO can bring them to life. Those five episodes will, of course, be revered, revealed. Sorry, they are revered, by the way. I revere them. But they will also be revealed uh, when we reach that topic. Hopefully you'll enjoy. And um, the short topic after that, we're going to cover a couple uh, tidbits on EVE Online, uh, which is related to last week's podcast... And I want to talk a little bit about Champions Online versus STO. And then we'll finish it off with a couple of big news items for the fleet. So I'm glad you've joined us, and uh, hopefully you enjoy the rest of the show. Alrighty, let's get this started. Welcome back. Our first topic uh, today, or tonight, or in the morning, whichever you plan on listening to this, uh, is breaking news on the Fleet STO forums. Now I'm not pretending to be a CNN. I'm not CNN, even though I would love to have that beard. Wolf Blitzer brings out, and uh, you know, if he was an Indian, he would be called White Beard. Runs with Man. Something like that, maybe the white buffalo. I don't know. That's a crazy beard. It's so crazy it caused me to pause just uh, then. But um, look at that. It paused. It paused me again. I wish I had a beard like that. You know, it, it, it used to be that the Dago mustache from Alex Trebek, but no more. I want the white wolf blitzer beard. Regardless, um, the big topic, the breaking news on the STO Fleet forums is uh, the statement that Hagen made the other night. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I encourage you to do so. I'll be linking it on the KT Podcast uh, forum thread. And basically, what's going on is this uh, an individual presented themselves to Hagen and said, Listen, I'm a member of your fleet, but I am also a member of a Federation fleet, and I was tasked uh, to basically join you to spy on your fleet operations on, you know, whatever. Uh, obviously, there's not much going on right now. There's really nothing to spy about. I mean, take for instance our fleet. You know, we're just goofing off and, um, you know, talking about our NPC crew and which one of our commanders is the hottest, you know? It's it's nothing really that is uh, for your eyes only type of material. But it brings up uh, kind of a slippery slope uh, type of situation to where when the game releases, there is going to be potential here for a lot of uh, real-life damage in that, you know, I think I guess the basic gist is, this is not EVE Online. This isn't a game that I will that I believe will facilitate this type of griefing or uh, coercion. And this is pretty serious stuff when it comes to the structure that Star Trek and Star Trek Online ultimately will promote, and that is community-oriented gameplay. At least that's what I believe it's going to be. And something like this, I think Hagen... Uh, handled very well, very professionally. He didn't name names, he didn't accuse anybody of anything. He basically said this, stop and leave. That was his main point, and you know, he had a very cogent, very long statement. I was proud, uh, as a representative of our fleet, to uh, be the first Federation fleet to sign this letter. Um, there have been a lot of different responses to this statement, uh, some of them tepid. Uh, I'm still waiting for Second Fleet's official response. I'm not sure if they've responded on their own fleet thread, but I'm waiting for their official response on this statement, seeing as how they are the biggest fleet, um, the Federation fleet on STO right now, and I think uh, they, they really do um, encompass and represent the Federation as a whole in this game. Now my full view you can read my statement uh... or my signing of the statement on the forms but my view is uh... this is this is a little too far when it comes to players uh... infiltrating other players fleets uh... it's you know i don't think the fact um, about someone like backstagging someone bothers me the most i think what bothers me is there's a level of roleplay and there's a level of rationality and when there's an imbalance with those two in a game, a computer game, there's something wrong uh, with these actions and uh, these members who are doing this. I don't think this is at all fun for anybody. For people who do think it is fun, I think you need to get your jollies somewhere else. Um, You know, Star Trek, it's, it's better than us, you know, it 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 is always promoted. Uh, this uh, you know, this community emboldenment. It promotes acceptance, you know, whether it be race, gender, and whatnot. And so, I think as Star Trek Online members, we should always promote that type of gameplay. You know, I use Eve Online as a reference. They have a system set up to where. Players are encouraged to do whatever they want. They are encouraged to have total freedom. That's fine. You know, that's a different game. But with this game, I think we have a different standard. And that standard was horribly rocked in the submission uh, with this news. So, if uh, if I can get some of you guys to check out what's going on. You know, to put your thoughts on that statement and give it a couple bumps. I think uh, this needs to be... Um, A topic that is discussed, I fear that as time goes on, this thing may become commonplace. I sure hope it doesn't. We need to give it a full pushback and um, basically protect all fleets from this type of uh, action. Um, Again, let me reiterate, um, this is just a game, folks. I mean, I know we are sitting here and we're all fans of Star Trek. We have that in common. We all want to play this game, we have that in common, but to actively, uh, you know, it, it's just hard to describe um, how wrong this is, because it's, it's just unfathomable why a person would, you know, become friends with a fleet, you know, the fleet members, just to, what, you know, steal a couple, uh, you know, um, uh, ships in the game for later on. No, this, this isn't cool, and it needs to stop. So that's basically my two cents. I think uh, knowing that you guys in my fleet uh, will represent um, the same uh, views uh, probably more eloquently and probably less ramble. But I just want to say that Hagen and I uh, always get along. We juxtapose a lot on the forums, but I want to make sure that Hagen and the B.O.K. fleet, the Blood of Clayless fleet, knows that we stand with them on this issue, and we encourage all Federation fleets to stand with us. I know a couple have already uh, done it. I really want Second Fleet to make a resounding statement on this. I really, I think they're the ones who are missing, and you notice that they're missing, because there's a huge gaping hole where they should comment on this, they should push back on it, and um, I hope that that will happen. So, um, all feedback on this issue, please give to Hagen and to me. Please let us know if there's anything, any ideas on how we can combat this type of thing, because I think it it stands to reason that this will alienate a lot of potential players if this becomes... Uh, a big issue, I really don't want it to, but again, this is something that I think only fleets can handle, I know that some people have suggested some things that STO should do, but really it's not in their control, it's in our control, because the fleets are ours, we we can't go around and try to find a mommy and daddy to help us out with this, we need to take care of everything in-house, and we need to help others take care of stuff in-house, so those are my feelings on that. And uh, let me know your input on that on the KT forums or the STO forums. So, with that, let's uh, move on to the next topic. So for the main topic tonight we are going to talk about five mystery episodes. they won't be mystery any uh, much longer. Uh, and how these five TNG, the next-gen episodes, uh, may um, be interesting cases for Star Trek Online and how they relate, how they might uh, be part of the game, how um, Cryptic can use these episodes to sort of uh, maybe use as a template. So um, for the five episodes, I was greedy in that I picked my five favorite episodes, uh, really quick, as a disclaimer, these are episodes that you will not hear me mention tonight. Uh, the best of both worlds, unification, all good things. Yesterday's Enterprise, Tapestry, Relics, and basically an EQ episode, including Cupid, uh, and you know a couple others, uh, Mission of Farpoint, um, the one where there's two Q, and uh, the one where he loses his powers. You know, I forget these names sometimes, but. Uh, You won't hear me mention any of those episodes because I think as Star Trek fans and as Next Gen fans, we all basically understand that these are the top echelon of episodes. They are on everybody's list, Uh, especially Yesterday's Enterprise, All Good Things, and Best of Both Worlds. These are the cream of the crop, and we all understand that. I think once you get past uh, the general favorites of all the fans... Uh, You begin to see, you know, people choose their favorite episodes based on who they really, you know, what they really like, their personality and whatnot. So that's what I've decided to do here. Uh, These are in no particular order, except for the last one I will talk about with you guys. The last one is my all-time favorite Star Trek uh, Next Gen episode. And so, for the first episode, I want to talk about is called The Defector. Uh, This was in Season 3 in Episode 10. It was um, about a high-ranking Romulan defector uh, bent on preserving peace between his Empire and uh, the Federation. And he basically leads the crew into a showdown, uh, which almost triggers a war. Now, this episode is great, just because there are a lot of uh, great exchanges between uh, Picard and uh, the Romulan defector, Admiral uh, Jarek. Uh, throughout the entire episode, um, it's with uh, the Romis, the Romulans. It's always a diplomatic chess game, and uh, you got to bring your A game when you're the Federation with the Romis in the Next Gen universe. Uh, and uh, bringing uh, Picard, bringing the Klingons in the end uh, was a great checkmate to watch because uh, when you first watch the episode, you really don't expect it. Um, one of the touching things about the show was the letter that the admiral made uh, for his daughter, in hopes uh, that you know someday there would be peace, uh, you know, and that she would read it someday. So, um, I thought uh, one of the great lines from that episode was when uh, Data and Admiral Jarek were were in uh, ten forward, and uh, Jarek uh, says, "I thought it would bring me some comfort." But these are not my stars. Even the heavens are denied me here. And I think that's a great quote because, uh, you know, if you hadn't noticed, Star Trek, uh, they have some great writers. There's some good writing, there's some bad writing, but man, when they have good writing, they have home run writing. They just, it blows it out of the park. And I think that's uh, um, a huge, uh, huge line there. It's very taut. It's taut with suspense and drama. Um... Also, this episode has Tomalak in it. Uh, All the episodes with Tomalak in it are great. He has some great lines. um, Actually played by Andreas Catalyst. He was Jakar in one of my favorite uh, shows, Babylon 5. And he was also, did you know this? He was the one-armed man in The Fugitive. You know, the cliche one-armed man joke? That's the guy you want to see. Um, But unfortunately, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but he passed away in 2006 from, uh, I believe it was lung cancer. And, uh, very sad. But he was a great actor. I believe he's a Shakespearean actor. Uh, that's how he's trained. When it comes to Star Trek Online in this episode, well, I think it's all about the Ramis, in this case. Uh, now we know that the Romulans are not a PC race at this point. They are going to be NPCs in the game. We don't know their full status, uh, the conflict that's going on between them right now. There's a civil war, if you're following the Star Trek Online universe, uh, their chain of events, but it'll be interesting to see how they fit in the game universe once we know the full story of what's going on. Uh, as always, we should expect the intrigue, the mystery, and uh, you know, hopefully there is some diplomatic chess game still there. I know that tensions in the Star Trek Online universe between the Klingons and the Federation are, you know, at the scale maybe like the Cold War between, you know, like the Cold War type atmosphere that the Federation had the Romulans early on in the next-gen universe. But I think the the Romulans will always be known as, you know, the very, uh, you know, like uh, the devious ones of uh, the shows. Uh, It's funny because the Cardassians were almost like them, except they were kind of like the dumb versions of the Romulans. That's why the Romulans are so great, I think, is because they were... They were not only sly, but they were also very smart, you know. They're like, uh, they're very conniving Vulcan, you know. I think that's exactly a good description for them. And it also comes into effect the Tal Shiar. Now, you know, again, we don't know what status they're going to have uh, in the game, but it would be interesting to see if they still have the section of uh, the Tal Shiar intact. It would be interesting if, as a PC player, you could be part of that. And another part of this episode that brings to bear on uh, on the game is the aspect about the neutral zone. What is going to be the interaction? Uh, mainly, the neutral zone. We 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 we, we can assume uh, that Cryptic is going to make these the main areas for PvE and uh, v- PvP. Sorry, a lot of letters there. I get confused, but. A lot of action will be happening there, probably. But it would be nice uh, to have some missions on the neutral zone dealing with maybe a defector or a traitor. Something like this episode, uh, where you have to figure out why is this person defecting. Is he really defecting? You know, is uh, is he just playing me? Uh, things like that. Uh, probably with the Klingons, uh, since, uh, you know, as stated earlier, uh, there is tension there. But... Um, for the next episode, um, it's going to be The Offspring. This was aired in Season 3. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember this one. It's uh, where when Data creates an android daughter uh, using his own neural network. Um, but later on, Starfleet wants to take custody of her because, you know, Starfleet isn't always the shiny uh, Camelot that we all think it to be. Uh, this was also the first Star Trek episode directed by Jonathan Frakes, uh, Riker. And, um, you know, that beard on him, talking about beards, you know, I just remembered Wolf Blitzer, no, he ain't got nothing on, uh, Riker here. Uh, I heard Riker's beard has its own sexual organs. Uh, whether or not that's true, I'll let you guys figure that one out. All I know is, that beard is the sexy. Uh, but basically he had his directorial debut, he was always an average director. I'm not sure that you know uh I think he did a great job in first contact um i'm i th- I think he directed insurrection i i am not if I don't remember but you know that was a shit script anyhow i you know that I know Picard produced that and pushed the story for that so I blame Patrick Stewart for that movie that was that was horrid piece of shit and man, yeah, I have nightmares of that movie. But back to the episode basically um, Starfleet you know in the middle of the episode wants to take Lol that's uh, data's daughter that he names her Lol, which uh, means beloved I forget in which uh, uh, which language but it's very uh, it's very pretty actually and um, Starfleet wants to take away his daughter because they feel they can raise her better and Picard comes to the rescue as usual uh, fighting for data. Um, kind of like in The Measure of the Man Um, saying that Lol has a right to make her own choices But, you know, soon She grows so much, you know She begins, uh, you know, she has more Human human look Uh, she has skin pigments Uh, she starts using contradictions, which was A total cool thing to see, cause you You never see Data using them, and then suddenly She just blurts one out, and I think Uh, Data had a perfect expression Like the audience did when you first saw that episode And, um, it was really sad, the ending. I think Data really showed, I don't know, it's hard to describe. Like, we know Data to be a non-emotional figure, but I think sometimes he brings out the most emotion out of all of us. And um, one of the great lines in that show was when um, Lal is in 10 forward and grabs Commander Riker and totally uh, smacks one on him. And Data <laughs> looks at them and says, Commander, what are your intentions toward my daughter? It was it was a great line. Um as this show would relate to Star Trek online, um I think it relates to it in this. We, we're we not quite sure how artificial life or holograms, you know, androids, will be treated in this game. We're not... They, they've alluded to... Jack Emmert, I believe, on a couple of interviews has said, yeah, you know, I think you'll see them in the game. To what extent, we don't know. Now, if they were, you know, maybe... I just don't see them being a PC option, you know, I don't think we can create our avatars as an android or hologram, I think that would cause a couple problems, but I think you should have the freedom, and I think they might have alluded to this, that it might be possible to create NPC characters that are either holograms or androids, we don't know for sure, they haven't given us the for sure sign yet, but I think it would be an interesting thing to see, and also... I hope that there will be not just with you know artificial life forms as your NPC characters but as all NPC characters I hope we see a personality growth. Now I know there was a big discussion about this uh all the heavy hitters weighed in on this on the STO forums uh Var Hagen, David, Mad Max, Jack, all the fleet members, and myself, uh, Coco, and, and whatnot. We all, I think, uh, involved ourselves in this thread topic about a month ago. In that, you know, basically, I think all of us want some level of personality for our NPC crew. It would be such a great thing to, you know, maybe plug in a couple bubbles about who they are, and then they sort of react and act along those guidelines. You know, nothing like The Sims. The Sims is The Sims. Uh, But I think a little personality would go a long way uh, to make the game that much better. So, the next episode is called Lower Decks. This one was in Season 7. And um, this one basically takes a different look at the dichotomy of what goes on in the ship. This one pays attention to, I guess, what everyone would call the red shirts, and it's basically the, you know, the underlings that the show focuses on, which is, you know, a nice little uh, respite from the rest of the episodes that they always did. Um, this one um, basically has. Um, four crew members. There's uh, Sam Lavelle. He's basically the young Riker clone uh, who's up for promotion. He's uh, one of the bridge uh, um, uh, comm com, uh, people. And um, you have uh, Lieutenant or uh, the Vulcan guy. I forget his name. And you had a little more backstory for Ogawa, Nurse Ogawa, which was kind of nice. You know, you got to see a little bit more of her. And then you had the main. Um, protagonist in this story, which was Ensign Cito Jaxa, the Bajoran uh, female who was also in the first duty. I don't know if you remember that episode, but that was the one where Crusher and the character who was named not Tom Paris, but who would eventually be the Tom Paris character on Voyager was in that one, too. And she was also in that episode. And basically, if uh, if you remember, they uh, got really ego Egotistical With their flying abilities with the shuttle And they got another crew uh, Or another Starfleet um, A student killed And it was kind of a black spot Picard gave his eagle His evil eagle Fly like an eagle I don't know where that came from But Picard gave his evil snarky You know, cleft eyebrow look to Wesley That melted Wesley's heart And you know, no more Wesley love uh, In that relationship But Um, Basically, this takes uh, place during uh, a big mission uh, of a Cardassian who's uh, sneaking back and forth. And, uh, you know, all these little tidbits of the story are seen by each of these characters, and they're brought together by a poker game. And, um, you know, these interactions of what's going on, you know, we don't know. And we're we're basically shown this episode from their point of view, which is really interesting, because we don't know what's going on, really. Um... The ending, of course, is very sad. Um it's one of the great endings of an episode. You know, I think I think it is kind of depressing, but you know, maybe that's just my type of episode. But there is some levity in the episode. I think one of the great moments was when um Sam Lavelle, you know, the the ego driven uh lieutenant uh who's the Riker clone uh, is convinced to talk to Riker, you know, the bar guy, I forget his name, but he's supposed to be, like, the underling of Guinan, you know, for the rest of the lower officers. Um, he convinces uh, Lavelle to speak to Riker, you know, and tells him that, you know, hey, you know, um, Riker's from Canada, so, you know, you guys have that in common. So Lavelle goes over there and sits next to Riker and orders a drink, and he says, you know, my grandfather was Canadian, you know, and Riker goes, Really? And Lavelle goes, yeah, aren't, aren't you one too? What, a grandfather? Uh, no, Canadian. Canadian, sir. And uh, Riker says, no, I grew up in Alaska. And Lavelle just sits there and waits a little and says, oh, well, they both get a lot of snow. So that was, uh, that was a great moment. Um, as for the Star Trek Online um, parallel, I think you know it's a little loose here on the parallel but I, I really think that if you explore your ship there should be a little red shirt interaction in that yes uh, we know that your red shirts are basically a resource on your ship but i think it would be a nifty thing if you're able to you know as you're exploring your ship you basically see the crew you know it may not be the same the same personnel over and over again cuz obviously personnel changes but you know, random crew just walking around making it feel like there's a population on your ship, I think, would be interesting. And, you know, minor interaction with these NPCs uh, would, would go go a long ways. I think it's the little things that are going to make this game great, and I think one of those would be that. Another parallel to this episode are covert missions. I hope that we have options to do covert missions. Mer- covert missions like, uh, was in this episode where you have to take, um, you know, uh, an undercover agent through Klingon space and, you know, you have to avoid uh, Klingon patrols and whatnot. I think that sounds a little simplified since that's what I just pulled from my head, but I think you could make this fun and, uh, you know, a little, a little edgy. A little, uh, sus- suspenseful. So, um, the next episode is Rascals. Uh, I really love this one. This is the one where um, this was in season six, and a transporter accident. One of those episodes. There's, you know, there's got to be like at least five every season. You know, those transporters. You figured you get them fixed once in a while, but um, a transporter accident basically turns Picard, Roe, and Keiko, and uh, Guinan into children. And this was great because I was a kid when I first watched this episode. I think I was about ten. And uh it was just fun to see you know a british young captain Picard you know this young kid with that that Brit accent just running around uh trying to order people around and one of the goofy things was uh Keiko, who became like this prepubescent, you know uh girl. And, you know, (laughs) I think the acting was great Because, um, call You know, the guy who plays Chief O'Brien He just didn't know what to do with himself He just, uh, he gave that really awkward look That I think any guy would feel Being married, you know, to an 11 year old And it was, it was just, uh, priceless Just how he would act, you know And she didn't even realize, like, this is weird It really is, you know And, uh, I think he did that really well Um, somehow, Later in the episode, the Ferengi took over the ship. Don't ask me how the Ferengi can take over the Federation flagship so easily. But, you know, they wanted the booty. They wanted the crew as slave loot. You know, that's kind of odd, but okay. Um, They, of course, wanted the ship. Who doesn't want a Galaxy-class ship? Although, you know, they might want a refund if it's that easy to take over. But I think the true metal of this episode was the fact that these uh, these characters that we know had to deal with some of the, you know, uh, effect of, hey, listen, you guys, you know, Crusher says you might not be able to, this might not be able to reverse. So all of them start thinking about, whoa, what if I have to live my life over again? Why is this such a bad thing? And I think, if I remember right, at the end of the episode, they're given a choice whether or not to go with it. And I think out of all the characters, I think Ensign Rowe, would have been the most likely to do everything over because she never really had a childhood. She was, you know, in the camps during uh, the war, uh, but she doesn't choose to. And so, um, one of the great lines, one of the good lines uh, from that show is uh, Roe, who, you know, if you know her character, she's always cranky and has that edge. Um, she basically, as the kid, the kid actor who played Roe, basically blurted out, um, where do you get the idea that being short and awkward is some kind of wonderful gift? And I think that is so Roe, and I think that is so... Um, an adult speaking as a kid who never wanted to be a kid in the first place. I think it's a perfect line. As it relates to Star Trek Online, um, ship missions. I think... This would be very cool if um, you had ship missions uh, where you had to deal with something on your ship. Now it doesn't have to be one of those large, hour-long episodic missions, but it could be uh, something that you have to deal with um, as part of a greater arc of missions. You know, something that they throw in there. You know, if you have to track down some anomaly on the ship, or you know, some kind of space-time continuum threat. That's you know, like in Voyager when you've Every different section of the ship was in different time uh, time zones, or you know, different parts of the time timeline for Voyager. You know, one was like four years uh, when the Kazon took over the Voyager, and you know whatnot. Or maybe, maybe I know this is uh, you know a really naughty topic to bring up, but what if what if Q is messing with you on your ship? You know, what if there's an uh, NPC Q, and uh, he's doing what the Qs usually do, and just you know. Uh, Poking you around a little, poking you in your uh, stomach, and saying, "Yo, you know, let's 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 do this. Let's uh, let's have a little fun, you know." I still think it would be kind of funny if we got sent to the Robin Hood uh, scenario, but you know that would be a total uh, cliche thing at this point. I think um, we're almost done. We have the one more episode, uh, my all-time favorite episode, and really quick, I'm gonna play a little. Uh, music track from it, and um, I think after this you'll be able to tell me which episode I'm talking about, so go ahead and enjoy this uh, little short excerpt from the episode. So if you don't know what episode that is, I recommend that you immediately find it somehow. You torrent it, you do some kind of illegal activity, you trade your body. Well, maybe not that far, but you see this episode, The Inner Light. It is. Uh, it was aired in the fifth season, and this is my favorite. Now, I might have cheated a little because I know a lot of fans love this one, but I, I just can't help it. This is... What Star Trek is all about. This is one of the greatest stories uh, ever in episodic uh, television, I think. And uh, basically, the gist of it is: uh, the Enterprise encounters uh, an ancient alien probe, and when the, you know, when Picard and the crew begins to investigate it, uh, it shoots out a beam, and immediately Picard is out. He's put unconscious uh, and awakes in a small village on this, you know, backwater planet some random planet and uh you know he he sees this woman and he's being convinced that this is his reality you know that he's been having a heavy fever and it's really it's 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 interesting to watch you know him progress through this life because it soon becomes to a point where um, he attempts to convince his, you know, this family that, listen, this is my true identity, I'm a captain of a starship, I need to communicate with them, you know, where am I, you know, what is this place, and then, you know, as the days turn into weeks, and weeks turn into months, and months turn into years, he, he attaches himself to this new life, and begins basically to question, uh, his own memories of being a captain, and, um, It's just uh, so amazing the reveal in this episode when he realizes that, you know, this life that he's lived is a story of this dead race, of this race whose planet was dying and all they could do was send this probe to show someone the life that they had, you know, this is it, this is their planet, you know, and it really makes you wonder... You know, what What happens when our sun goes supernova? You know, what happens when our planet ends? Will there be anything left to remember? Will we be able to break the, the barrier of the stars and, you know, not, uh, t- you know, basically to live on? And it really, it shows our own mortality, and at the same time, it's um, this beautiful and epic story in this small and simple manner. You know, there were no special effects, basically. it's It's not a huge budget show. Um, It's just this great, strong, and uh, emotional story told in the Star Trek universe that is just uh, frankly amazing. One of the great lines from it was uh, when Picard is talking, he says, you know, as uh, when he's Cayman in this world, he says, Seize the time, live now, make now always the most precious time. Now will never come again. And, you know,. Uh, glancing over it, it might seem like some redundant gibberish, but if you really parse the words, it, it's a great thing to think about. You know, it's it's one of those cliche lines, yes, but it's said very well. And I think it, it basically is Star Trek at its heart, this entire episode. So for uh, how this relates to Star Trek Online... Basically, a story like this would be just fantastic. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, the exact same story. I think they would get penalized. Cryptic would be penalized if they did something like this. But you take the concept of this story, which is basically um, you are taken to another place uh, due to some extraterrestrial power, something not under control, something in space, something, uh, you know, like anomaly. Just do something generic. It's Star Trek, for God's sakes. You can just make the shit up. And, um, you make this large mission arc in which you know you travel to these new places, or you experience a story, and it doesn 't have to be violent you know there doesn 't need to be combat involved. there just needs to be a strong story that you 're part of that you come out feeling wow i 've just experienced um, a great chapter of this game, I think." You know, it might be too complex, but I don't know if it's asking too much, because I think this is what Star Trek, one of the best parts of Star Trek is. It's a simple story, and bringing you into that story. And so, that concludes uh, this topic. I want to let everyone know who's listening to the podcast to visit our forums, especially my fleet members, I want you guys... Uh, to uh, contribute for the next podcast. I'll give you details later on, but this is something that I'll be doing as a reoccurring theme. And I've had my heyday. I've had my uh, time in the light, my 15 minutes of fame with my favorite episodes. I want to know your guys' favorite episodes. And the next podcast, we'll talk about that. I'll go into a little more detail at the end of the podcast on next week's uh, topics. But um, let's go ahead and move... To um, some short tidbits on Eve Online and uh, Champions vs STL. All right. So these are really two short topics I want to clear up really quick. The first one, I think, is more to justify to myself what I'm doing this for. Um, With EVE Online, I know last week I stated that there's going to be no more EVE. I was going to finish up and not give them um, any more money after only playing for a month and a half. But something happened. I accidentally... uh, paid for another month. I don't know what happened. It was very quick and very painful. I, you know, fell on the keyboard and, you know, my iPod started strangling me and I hit a couple mouse buttons and voila, uh, 15 bucks are gone. Um, (laughs) Seriously though, I don't know. I think, I think, here's, here's my justification really. EVE Online, yes, we all know it's boring as shit. I will be the first one to admit that. But there's something about it that when I'm not playing it, there's something missing. And I realized, I know Coco and I have been talking about it. Uh, I'm doing my townhouse. I know you guys don't know much about my real life, but I am remodeling my townhouse. And it is, you know, I'm not an expert carpenter. I'm really not. Wood and me, we don't get along. You know, (laughs) I have no skills whatsoever, but I'm trying my hardest because I have a lot of time on my hands right now. Uh, if you hadn't noticed, uh, the American economy has gone to shit. So the business that I run is kind of, I've kind of downsized that way. Uh, you know, my overhead isn't that high. I can just kind of ride through it, the economy. And so I have a lot of time on my hands right now, especially since, you know, I'm, uh, I've am i been single for about eight months and I'm kind of enjoying it. I have a lot more time, a lot more money. So um, yeah, I'm remodeling my place and I realized uh, the perfect combination uh, to keep myself, you know, interested in fixing up the house is EVE Online. And I know it sounds strange, but hear me out. Basically, as I said last week, the goal of the game is to make ISK, right? I realized that to make ISK, all I have to do is do mining while I build up the skills on my pew-pew uh, character, on the character that I want to fight. So, while I have my other character laying skills offline because of their weird Skill system. I'm taking my other character in mining systems, which just basically has me checking on the computer every 10 minutes, just looking at it, you know, and clicking a couple buttons, which is ridiculous for a game to have, you know, to be so applicable that you don't even have to play it that much. It's it's amazing, you know. They really uh, these these Icelanders, man. Uh, they really they they fucked us good on this game, because I'm telling you, most of these subscribers uh, are American, and we are just sitting there doing absolutely nothing, but like I said, I think there's justification in my case, Um, I am able to make ISK while I'm putting down my wood floor, and as I redo my stairs, and uh, make make my own entertainment center and whatnot, you know, just random stuff around the house, I can just cart my laptop around and make my monies. And look, worst case scenario, I play this until STO comes out, I just sell my character on eBay, right? It's like an investment. I'm just telling myself that. So, the next thing is Champions Online versus STO. I didn't really know what else to come to uh, you know, make as a title for this subject, but I just really wanted to qu- uh, quickly state for everyone to hear. Uh, if you guys have a chance, check out the Champions Online website. Keep tabs on this game, because um, all of you know Cryptic is releasing this game first, which is why our news for STO is kind of filtered. You know, it's justifiable. They are releasing this game first, so all their concentration is going to be on this game. But I, I say pay attention to this game for this reason. A lot of Champions Online is going to reflect what STO will present itself. Now, I don't mean to say that... Uh, STO will be a skin of Champions Online. It'll basically be Champions Online with a Star Trek skin. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, I think we can learn a lot of things through the development and the implementation to the rollout of Champions Online in regards to STO. And by that, uh, when Champions gets released, we'll see how their structure is set up, how their server stability is, whether or not they're on one network or lots of servers, whether or not uh, the game is buggy, if they have good PR, what's their substructure for skills, what's their uh, graphics like, uh, what's the final product, the presentation, the box art, whether or not lifetime subscriptions are presented. And this is just off the top of my head. I mean, I think all of these things you can uh, draw parallels between the two games. So, Um, What I've been doing is I've just been glancing over the Champions website and just kind of learning things here and there. I'm not really interested in the game itself. I've stated this before, but again, I think if we keep a close eye on Champions Online, we'll be able to sort of uh, project what STO might be. So um, let's go ahead and move on to Fleet News. Uh, I know you guys have been waiting for this. Um, it's the big, it's the big, uh, part of the show, I guess, uh, for us fleet members. And, uh, get out your popcorn, and we'll get started, alright? You like Boston, anyhow. Um, so here we are, the fleet news. I have two items that I want to talk about. Um, the first big part of the news is that we got two new brand new members, uh, SM Bren and Al Jamma 1122. Uh, thanks for everyone for giving them a warm welcome, and uh, thank you, Bran and Jamma. To uh, for joining the fleet. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. And if you just didn't notice there, I think I cut your names in half. Uh, you'll get this a lot. I know uh, Bodog was the first uh, to feel my wrath of nicknameage. Um Yeah, unfortunately, I'm the kind of person who kind of looks at a name and just finds the shortest or funniest variation of it and just throws it out. Um... Like for instance, uh you know, just so you guys don't feel like uh, I'm picking on you. um the rest of the fleet, let's uh let's go off the top of my head here. Uh Bodog we got you. Um Cyber Dirk twenty two I think you're Dirk. I think that's how I call you in my head. Coco Jones is easier just Coco Majoco, but I call you Coco for short short because uh Majoco that's probably a speed bump in you know, my speech. Uh, when I talk. So um back. I'm never sure if I ever pronounce your name right, so I just uh in my head I call you Obak. And uh five inch gunner, uh I call you five gun. I would have called you five incher, but it sounds really sexual and you know, I, I, I really don't play on that side of the ball. So uh yeah, maybe I should have made the balls plural to make the joke funnier, but you know, we'll we'll just wing it with that. We'll we'll go with that. But um uh, SM Bren, you're now Bren, and Jamma. you be the JAMA. so that's how I think we're going to roll. Um, if you have problems with your nicknames, I guess just let me know, you know, I don't want to piss anybody off, but, I mean, if BODG is okay with Bodog, I think we'll be fine. So, the really big news, I want to go ahead and let everyone know that Dirk and Coco are your new forum admins, and they're going to basically help me uh keep the forms going uh, because I think i'm getting i think we're all busy since you know we're we're all adults and we have real life issues to take care of and I think if there's a balanced structure of um you know maintenance for the fleet, you know it becomes that much easier to uh, make everything enjoyable for everyone. Uh, This by no means is a commentary on anybody else in the fleet. I've just noticed that Dirk and Coco are, you know, on at different times. They're on a lot with me. Uh, We are able to discuss lots of things when it comes to the future of the fleet. And so I think that they will, uh, you know do everything they can to make this fleet um, what it truly is, and that's a place for all of us. You know, I, I always refer to it as the fleet family. I'm happy with everyone in this fleet, and I can't thank you guys enough for staying with it and uh, um, keeping us uh, close with the discussion. But I think uh, the goal here is to um, sort of formulate uh, what Bodog brought up last week and had we had some discussion with uh, on the forums about a guidance council. And this is not to say that us three are the guidance council. What we're going to do is, um, Dirk, Coco, and I, along with all of you, the rest of the fleet members, we're going, we're going to streamline a vision to creating a guidance council. And I want everyone's input since the fleet right now is manageably small. I want um, everyone to have a say in this, what they'd like to see, how they'd like it to be set up. And I don't want to give the Guidance Counsel, you know, uh, a sort of power that you see in other fleets. I think it's very cliche to say this Guidance Counselor, uh, or, (laughs) counselor, it's like a high school counselor, like, hey, excuse me, uh, uh, professor, could I take, you know, blah, whatever. That joke was really bad. I'm just going to stop. Um, I think it had something to do with Algebra 2, uh, maybe pre-cal, uh, yeah, I think I just killed it. Anyhow, with the Guidance Council, um, I don't want it to become uh, a power base for this fleet. I want it to support the fleet because the fleet members are the power. And what this Guidance Council, I think, will basically do at its very root, what I'm sure I want it to do, is basically uh, maintain uh, the fleet, uh, handle all interfleet issues, and in that you know, if uh, if one member uh, accidentally says, you know, a racist joke, uh, you know, we, we'd be like, hey, listen, bro, uh, this is uh, Jay from the Guidance Council. I'm just letting you know, listen, um, we don't really like uh, racist comments around here. We know you didn't mean it, you know, uh, but just, just as a scenario. Um, but I think we want to leave the mandate for this Guidance Council to be open so you guys can decide what Will be handled. I want to uh, figure out what the standards will be, and I also want there to be um, sort of a structure for accepting new members. Because as we get closer, um, Coco and Dirk both, uh, I think, privately touched on this with me, uh, is that when we get new mem—well, as we get closer to the release of Star Trek online i think within 2 or 1 months before the release there's going to be an influx of uh, of forum population and i think a lot of fleets will get an influx of new members and i think our screening process has is is nice you know it's basically hey you know be mature be casual chill with us you know that's basically it but there i think when the numbers get bigger, we're going to need some kind of process to make sure that, you know, we'll get along with the new members, the new members will get along with us. Because this is not just for us, it's for them too. You know, they need to make sure that they'll fit into the environment that we're going to make sure that is in operation, that is the status quo. And so, I want to be able to tackle that in a meaningful and poignant way. So, um, I think that's about it for Fleet News. Um... Oh, yes, that's right. Next week's episode. The main topic will be your guys' top episodes of... You know, I don't want to limit this to a series, so give me uh, give me suggestions for episodes from any series. I've seen every single episode, you know, 20 times over, except Enterprise. I'm a little weak on Enterprise, but I know Dirk. Uh, you've seen Enterprise, so if anybody throws out any of those episodes, I'm going to talk to Dirk, and he'll, he'll let me know what's on the down low for those episodes. So uh, give me all you got. Let me know what your favorites are. Um, you know, whether it be uh, City on the Edge of Forever from the original series, or the Doomsday Machine from the OG, or you know, Voyager's Equinox. You know, all great episodes. Uh, DS9, uh, the Sacrifice of Angels. Um, you know, episodes like that. Just throw them out. We'll talk about them. How uh, maybe STO relates to them. Uh, we're also gonna go over some career. Uh, paths. We're going to talk about career paths. Uh, I know this has been an interesting topic on the Fleet Forum, and I want to expand on it and see what your guys' thoughts are, uh, what the game has to offer for that. And also, I'm going to be talking about Ventrilo. I know one of the new members, I think it was Jamma, asked us, or maybe it was Brent, I forget. I'm sorry uh, if I got it mixed up, but I think uh, you guys mentioned Ventrilo, and I think I touched upon this. Uh, an at an uh, earlier time, but I want to go in-depth on how the Ventrilo is going to be set up for the fleet as we get closer uh, to the release date. So that is your KT Podcast number four. I believe this is going to be the longest uh, podcast that we've had. I won't know until I've compiled everything. Hopefully it will not turn into the Drunk Helicopter of Death, Uh, but if it does, I will once again delay the podcast which would be totally lame because all of this would have been wasted and this was quite uh... the awesome show if I may add I think I'm very proud of myself I'm quite humble and good looking at the same time it's a strange combo but you know it's those eyebrows you cannot resist the power of the eyebrows I know Free Jack can't he's mentioned it before I know I've hypnotized him but um anyhow let's get this all wrapped up everyone if you have any uh, questions, comments, concerns, you know where to find me on the S2O forums and the KT forums. Let me know at any time. You can visit our website at http://colon or whatever, backslash/backslash, backslash, you know, whatever. Uh, no www. It's just easternliving.net/slash uh, KT. That's all you need to enter in. I really don't know why I had to mention the HTTP. You know, not like you haven't used the internet for 15 years or something. So, um,. I think that's about it. You guys have a great week, and I think we might do one more podcast before Christmas, a special Christmas episode. So maybe I'll find some old blue eyes and some Christmas tunes for you guys, all right? So take care until next time. See you on the flip side.